Last week on Let's Talk Supply Chain, I spoke to Tyson of Pallet Alliance all about what they are doing in the industry to help you with your pallets. Do you know how much money is going out the door with your pallet program? Well, if you don't, you might want to give them a call because they can help you. If you were listening, I hope you enjoyed it just as much as I did. And if you missed it, don't worry. You can catch up now by heading over to Let's Talk Supply supplychain.com under podcasts or wherever you subscribe to Let's Talk Supply Chain. Let's Talk Supply Chain is not your average supply chain podcast. We feature not just the top of the industry, but also diverse voices from within the community, new innovations, and the disruptors making waves in the industry. Don't listen to the same old, same old. Be sparked by new ideas and fresh perspectives only on Let's Talk Supply Chain. What is quality assurance? SQA believes that quality is getting what you paid for. Quality is spectacular, iconic, heroic, patient safety, safe flights, and astronauts to space. Quality is worldwide. SQA has a global footprint that supports complex and highly regulated supply chains. The partnerships SQA has created over 25 years have benefited through integrated strategies where SQA is able to support clients on an annual basis. Each year, SQA works with its client partners and their suppliers in over 70 countries, deploying a robust network of over 1,000 associates. SQA understands the complexity and challenges within a global supply chain, and our clients have seen that the results from SQA exceed their internal efficiencies. Annually, SQA performs 3,000 audits, 150,000 hours of component inspections, and 35,000 hours of engineering supplier development. Quality is what you put into it and how great you want it to be. For over 25 years, SQA has been a leader in assessing, monitoring, and improving supply chain performance. Quality is SQA, so come and join us. You can visit us at sqaservices.com. Hello and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. This week we've got Sarah Scudder coming up on Thoughts and Coffee. That's tomorrow morning. And then you can find Audrey Ross and I. We are doing a fireside chat for the Canadian Health Food Association this week talking about logistics, total landed costs, and everything that you need to know about your supply chain moving forward. Today I am delighted to be joined by a company who are a little bit different to the guests we usually have on the show. They are international risk experts equipping Canadian businesses with the trade knowledge, financial solutions, and connections they need to grow with confidence on an international platform. Intrigued? All will be revealed after our question of the week. So the question of the week was, what are the different types of jobs in supply chain? I wanted to ask this question because there are a lot of students coming out of supply chain management programs right now, and I wanted to give them an idea of what's awaiting them when they are done. Lucas, what a question. Development, AI, and data chunking. Philip says an intriguing question. Audrey, there are different job titles, but overall a few things that we do. Analyze data to streamline decisions, do the day-to-day movements, manage cross-border trade, work on inventory, order management, build digital tools, create automation for efficiency, ensure compliance, etc., etc. Chelsea, I love this question. I would say BI and analytics are the keys to the future of supply chain, especially for 3PL warehouses. Jonathan Kempe, I would like to highlight the work of a select group of analog to digital converters, those that create bridges between physical assets and digital platforms. It's a critical role as all downstream value and efficiencies are derived from this gathered data. Matthew, I think the new generation of supply chain professionals will look a lot like software engineers. More and more, the overlap of data analytics and software tools is needed. So a deep understanding of how to code in a useful language like Python will be imperative. Uh, Krista says, great question, and there are so many potential answers to this. But the areas that I believe will have the greatest need and focus in the coming years are sustainability and data analytics. 
Janelle, it's an extremely diverse field. That's what I love the most about it. Opportunities present themselves from production planning, strategic sourcing, export coordination, purchasing, logistics, warehouse management, data analytics. And Wendy, we are connectors. We connect people, product, and processes. As a profession, we focused on analytics and data, but the future is in soft skills and emotional intelligence. Thank you to everybody who contributed to the question of the week. So many great answers. And uh, if you want to be featured on an upcoming episode, make sure every Wednesday morning that you are answering this question on our LinkedIn page. Okay, back to today's podcast. And which company am I talking to today? Well, it's Export Development Canada or EDC. Export Development Canada has been Canada's credit agency for over 75 years. Through their years of industry experience, they've helped businesses across Canada to manage risk, secure finance, and establish themselves on a global platform. I'm joined by Zeeshan at Export Development Canada to talk about helping SMEs achieve global success, how COVID-19 has affected the nation's industry, and the huge role EDC plays in supporting the Canadian economy. Let's learn a little bit more about him. Zishan is a senior account manager technology group at EDC. His mandate is to accompany and support Canadian companies to grow internationally. Although he specializes in supporting companies in technology, innovation, and creativity, he has a significant experience in assisting companies in various industries go, grow, and succeed internationally. Prior to his appointment to the business development team, Zishan held various underwriting positions for accounts receivable insurance, bank guarantees, and loan guarantees. He was also a lean sustainability advisor where he worked closely with internal stakeholders to help lead projects improve operational efficiencies and client communication processes. Zishan holds a Master of Business Administration from the Smith School of Management, Queen's University, a bachelor's degree in finance, accounting, and biology from McGill University. He is also a certified international trade professional or CITP. So welcome to the show, Zishan. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks for having me. It's uh, my pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk to you today. I mean, EDC has been a company that I've looked up to for a long time. I love what you guys are doing because credit credit agencies, I mean, we only tend to think of you when we need you, or perhaps you're thought of as a bit of a necessary evil. But you know, people might not realize the incredible work that you're doing behind the scenes, the relationships that you're helping to get off the ground, and the security and protection that you're providing to Canadian businesses. So let's dive right in. Let's get started. So give us an overview, a little introduction to EDC. Who is EDC and what do you do? Sure. Uh, great, uh, Sarah. So EDC Export Development Canada is uh, basically a crown corporation uh, that is dedicated to helping Canadian companies of all sizes succeed on the world stage. So we basically are the international risk experts. And what we do is we equip them and basically we equip Canadian companies with tools uh, that is trade knowledge, financial solutions, equity, insurance, uh, connections to the global market. Um, all this with one ultimate goal is to help them grow their business internationally. So that, that's really the core uh, mandate of EDC. Uh, EDC opened its doors back in 1944, so this was towards the end of World War II, um, and what the purpose at that time was also the same. It was really to help Canadian businesses navigate the risks of the global trade, um, enabling them to expand internationally. Um, our customers are very diverse. They span across all the industries and sectors that make up the Canadian economy. Um, and essentially, over 75 years, the work that EDC has done, um, it's basically helping Canadian companies and it's contributed over $1 trillion to the Canadian GDP. So wow. it's it's big. Uh, we started basically with four employees back in 1944. Today, we're over 1,600 employees. So definitely growth is there. Um, we're continuing to stimulate the Canadian economy. We always help look for uh, different opportunities and uh, you know we step in at different times um, you know we've given different uh, opportunities uh, we've been asked to step up in, in certain situations such as you know in March 2020 
um, when the COVID-19 pandemic started off in Canada, um, we were given temporary powers by the Kenyan government to basically help even the companies that are not exporting. So essentially companies that are doing business just on the Canadian market, uh, we have uh, a focus right now to help them as well. So so that's EDC in, in a nutshell. There's, of course, a lot. But, you know, it gives you a, a fairly good idea of, uh, of our position today. And that is amazing. And everybody, I think, in the audience knows how passionate I am about going global. And so I'm excited to dig a little bit deeper into what you guys are doing and how you're helping Canadian businesses. So let's dig down into exactly how you're helping Canadian business and supply chain through the different programs that you offer. Let's start on the money side of things because I think there are some impressive figures linked to this. So tell us about EDC's range of financial solutions. Sure. So um, I'd, I'd always like to break this down into three different pillars. Um, on one hand, what we do is we navigate risk on the international market. And how we do that essentially is over 75 years, we've specialized in international business risk. Um, that includes financial risk, that includes economic risk, that includes political risk. So you're looking at a lot of different types of risks that are touching the global market and the global economy. We're basically navigating that risk, those risks on, on a daily basis. And this is the core of our existence is really to help provide that expert advice on one side through our financial and insurance solutions. So how do we do that now? Of course, we have to offer solutions on the market. Um, so we basically offer financial solutions such as insurances, such as guarantees. We're going to elaborate on those a little bit more. Um, but we offer those because we have to take on risk. So we basically, what we want to do is we want the Canadian companies to go out there, build their brand, build their image, and continuously expand on the foreign market. And by doing that, they're exposing themselves to a lot more risk on the international market. So what we say is, why don't you go and do what you're best at? As in, you're an entrepreneur, you would like to build your market relationships, you would like to do a lot more business development, you'd like to really go out there. And it's not just to sell, but it's also to procure, right? So we're looking at, at each side of the, of the supply chain. And we basically want to take that risk onto our shoulders. And then what we do ourselves is we manage that risk. So we have a team of experts. Um, they basically anticipate what's coming up. They identify different types of risks that are happening in the market. And then they're going to manage those risks to make sure that on one side, we provide the solutions to the Canadian companies to take on uh, international contracts, transfer the risk over to us, and for us to be able to adequately manage that risk so we're not putting ourselves and our clients in, in a difficult situation. Yeah, I, I love that because um, what I should also tell the audience and let them know is in one month's time on National Women's Entrepreneurship Day, we are also doing a live stream with EDC all about women's entrepreneurship and, you know, how to go global. And um, we're going to be talking about everything that you guys do to support Canadian businesses in that. And I'm super excited because I'm also very passionate about women in supply chain and women in business. But, you know, it's not all about the money. You can have really great finances, but you don't have the connection maybe, the network, the know-how. You might not get very far without some of those things. So tell us a little bit more about um, EDC's non-financial solutions. What are they and how do they work? Yeah. So EDC's non-financial solutions essentially would uh, would help the Canadian companies get a better understanding of what they're facing on the global market. Um, this is where the, the Canadian companies many times have questions how to navigate the international market. Um, so there is a team of trade advisors that you can always call up to and you can ha ask them questions about uh, what happens in certain situations. How do I do this? How do I do that? You know, How can I uh, navigate the challenges I'm facing with my suppliers, for example? Um, how do I navigate the different types of volatility that we're seeing? Because the reality of, uh, of risk today in today's world, and, and you know, we've seen this happening over the last uh, five or so years, um, is there, uh, there are a lot of facets of global global 
market and supply chain that are changing. Um, we've seen this with political volatility, for example. We, we hear a lot a lot of times about tariffs. We hear a lot of times uh, now more and more about quotas. We're hearing a lot about renegotiations of, of free trade agreements. So all of those things are really things where Canadian companies many times have questions that that's what we're here for. Like They should feel free to give us a shout, talk to us about those, to ask us questions, access our, our online portals and whatnot. Um, there are other risks as well, right? There's cybersecurity. We're hearing this more and more. There's data theft that's happening. Cyber attacks are happening. Um, these are, again, different challenges that companies are facing. There's supply chain disruptions, right? That, that could be due to natural disasters. I mean, we're looking at tons of forest fires nowadays. Uh, just look at the COVID-19 situation, right? The supply chain disruptions were massive in this case. Um, mm-hmm. So these are these are challenges that companies are facing. And, and basically, our goal is to help them navigate by providing them sufficient, adequate information for them to make sound decisions on how and what to do uh, in the future in order to better manage uh, their, their, their risks. And these are all non-financial solutions that EDC offers. There's a variety of them. You know, it, it's What's critical about this is that many times we make decisions on the simple fact that, oh, I can trust my buyer or my supplier rather than really looking at what are the risks that I'm facing and with the risks that I'm facing, is this a sound decision for me to say, yes, I can trust him or her, or no, I cannot trust him or her. And let me turn towards an ECA, an expert credit agency such as EDC, to see if they're able to help me manage this type of risk uh, in the background. Well, and it's really, really important, you know, especially for entrepreneurs, right? Especially in the mid-market, the small to mid-market, you know, sometimes we feel alone and that we've got a lot of questions. We've got a lot of things that we want to do. We've got a lot of strategies in place to really, um, you know, bring our big vision to fruition. And I think that it's important to really note that there are companies like EDC that can support you in that big vision at every single step of the way, you know, especially if we're looking at going global, especially if we're looking at talking to new suppliers. And that's a big topic right now, too, is that everybody is looking to potentially diversify where they're buying their raw materials or their finished products. And looking at new suppliers is definitely a risk that you have to have a team around, right, to make you feel secure and to reduce that risk that you might take. Yeah. And and I think, you know, it's, 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 a, it's important for, for us to realize that the the more we are the more we globalize um, on the international market the more we go out there and the more we we start dealing with foreign buyers and suppliers um, the more the, the the risks become important right so the more we're going in the, in the international market the risks continue increasing and expanding and they, they change from one city to another from one country to another uh, from one from one source of suppliers to another source of suppliers so there, there's a lot of things that are that, that continuously change and that's that's where we need to really start you know thinking about um, what are the the key things that, uh, that that we need to address over here and and these are and we're not just talking about you know risks that, that are related to supply chain simply but you know there's more and more um, questions and, and thoughts that are related to corporate and social responsibility as well. Um, so that's another port, uh, another important portion that we need to think about is um, what are our enforcement standards? What are we doing? How are we ourselves as Canadian companies um, or as, 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 as any company, uh, how are we positioned to ensure that the corporate social responsibility principles and guidelines as they're outlined by uh, various organizations such as the United Nations, um, they are being met and they're being respected as well. And that's critical to every single business. And it's important for us to maintain a certain level of of, of integrity um, in, in that. Absolutely. And, you know, with those different strategy discussions about diversifying suppliers, there's a lot of questions around who do we go to and how do we how do we find those suppliers and those foreign buyers? And so EDC's presence in that is really, really important um, because you facilitate trade deals and moving things forward across the board. Is that right? I mean, can you tell us a little bit more about that? 
Sure. So there is um, at EDC, um, you know, the good thing about EDC is we have everything or almost everything, I would say. Um, there, there's a lot of programs and solutions that we have that help uh, Canadian companies in very different facets. And one of the, uh, the, the, the teams that we have is what we call the global trade team. Um, the purpose of the global trade team is really to find opportunities for Canadian companies on the international market to participate in global supply chains. Um, and these, this finding of opportunities happens usually through the presence that EDC has on the international market. Um, so we have m- multiple offices across the world positioned based on the strategies, based on key markets, based on key industries um, that are uh, prevalent in, in, in Canada. And these uh, these colleagues of mine, they basically always would go out and network with these large global companies. Um, and uh, with the ultimate goal of understanding what does the world need from us? What is the world asking for? Uh, where is the new technology? Where are we going to? What's the new products and solutions that are coming out in the market? And to look at the matchmaking opportunities and to see, is there a Canadian company that is capable of supplying what this foreign global company is looking for? And in many situations, you know, the, the matchmaking opportunities are opportunities for the Canadian companies to innovate. Uh, these right. are the moments where you're learning from multinational companies um, of what the future of technology looks like or what the future of television looks like, for example, or what the future of cars look like. And to innovate and to continuously research and develop these types of solutions so that they can stay ahead of the curve and have the opportunity to supply into these larger um, uh global company. So so that that's the core of the global trade team is to continuously number one assess what we have in Canada as available technologies available products available solutions and number two on the other hand look at the global market and really do that the matchmaking between between the two. Um, Canadian companies have had a lot of success uh, recently in innovative technologies. Um, things like you know reducing carbon footprint for example uh, things like improving efficiency be it efficiency just in the manufacturing process or it can also just be in the administrative tasks um, reducing costs so there there's you know there's certain um, industries or there's certain sectors and subsectors that are key uh, to the global economy today and Canadian companies are viewed um, as being part of a very advanced economy as a ma- as a mature supply chain uh, in traditional verticals like mining oil and gas forestry and whatnot so so there's, you know, there's a lot of us uh, out there that are capable of doing some really good things, and we are innovative to, to start with. And it's it's important for for companies to realize that, you know, there there are services that are offered uh, for SMEs, for small and medium enterprises, to actually be part of the uh, the larger uh, global supply chain. And for this, there's also an EDC connection side that is available, and that companies can access. They can go. Um, look at what's what's out there. What are the uh, the asks? Or in many situations, um, provide their own profiles. What are their competitive advantages, for example? Um, you know, what are the language capabilities? And give us that information so that we can use that into our database and really try and see if, we, if there's any possible matchmaking opportunities that we can offer to them. That's great. And I'm really glad that you brought up the SMEs because I think that they are a really, really important part of our economy, especially these days. And I know at the top of the conversation, you mentioned $1.5 trillion in exports and foreign investment that EDC has actually facilitated by Canadian companies since your inception. And that's a really, really incredible uh, figure. And what makes that even more amazing is that you mostly work with SMEs, which is incredible because that's another passion of mine is, you know, talking about SMEs and talking about international markets and encouraging them to really go global and take a look at the world. I mean, things are becoming um, kind of smaller, right? They're, they're becoming that much easier to access. And there's, there's a lot of people out in the world that are looking for Canadian products and Canadian and to do business with Canadian companies. So why is it so important to champion SMEs and really support them in the global market? Well, to, to be honest with you, if, if you think about the, um, what the world is asking for today is the world. The world is asking for innovative solutions, and the world is asking for flexibility. Yeah. Um, and in all the research that you're gonna that you're gonna see, 
a lot of times it is much easier for SMEs to be flexible, to quickly adapt to the changing environment, to quickly change gears and to move towards uh, solutions that are innovative and that are in a lot of times much uh, scalable, much more scalable and much more attractive to to consumers than a lot of the multinationals right so so that that's one of the the key things that that is important to understand is the flexibility and the innovation that comes out of a lot of the smes is much much stronger in many situations and smes are core of any single economy like where we can talk about any of the economies around the world um, the the businesses that actually run the best and the most in an economy are SMEs the multinationals of course they're there and of course they're going to help uh, grow the, the the global economy and the and the environment um, but the SMEs tend to be a lot more flexible and they tend to respond to the demands much faster and and if you look at just the Canadian landscape, I mean, you know, we're, we're looking at more than 80% of the business that is done in Canada is done by SMEs. And that's where I think it's critical for us to support um, these businesses. And EDC's mandate has always been to support SMEs. Um, it's always been to help companies grow. We've we've done that regardless of the sizes. We've helped companies that are doing only $100,000 of uh, sales revenues, and we've helped companies that have done over a billion dollars of revenue. So the, 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 the landscape is pretty large. If you look wow. at the majority of the companies we're going to support, to be very frank and honest, it is companies that are in the SME space. And that's where we have the biggest impact and that's where there's the biggest ask for support and that's where there the solutions that EDC offer are actually being positioned for as well. Amazing. I love that. And just for anybody who's listening that may not know what SME is, small and medium-sized enterprises. So we've talked about some big numbers. I mean, that $1.5 trillion was a very, very big number, but I'd love to bring that down to a smaller scale if we can. Do you have any real-life examples of how EDC has helped a small business break through into a new market or into that international supply chain and really grow and succeed? Well, there, there's, you know, it's it's uh, it's it's a very interesting question because there's thousands of examples that we have. Of course, we right. don't have, uh, you know, it's uh, the, the the interesting thing is uh, we're supporting thousands of companies in in Canada. So examples, uh, there's, you know, there's unlimited of them. But I'll take this opportunity at the same time, uh, if you allow me, Sarah, with this scenario, with the with the case that I'm going to discuss, to also explain a little bit of the solutions that EDC offers. So it's probably going to help, you know. Put, connect the dots and, and maybe make it a much more complete example that that, that I'm going to offer. So, um, in 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 one of the the situations that uh, that we recently faced was a Canadian company uh, that basically is a manufacturer of testing equipments, um, and these are equipments that are usually ended at the end of the manufacturing process, at the end of the uh, of the uh, of the belt, and that's where you know the, the product that is actually manufactured is being tested uh, to ensure that it meets all the standards before it is put into packaging and and shipped off. So this company basically um, was looking at a lot of growth uh, opportunities across the world. Um, and the, the good thing about this SME was that they were extremely flexible. So they can as much respond to the ask from the auto manufacturers than they can also from the uh, the, the mobile cell phone devices. Um, they can even to, you know modify their, their equipment uh, to meet pretty much a, a, a major equipment testing uh, device, right? So it's major equipments that are being manufactured and they would test the functionality of that uh, that equipment as well, so it is very very uh, a very flexible solution, and uh, the, the company basically um, came up with a, a few questions, and the questions were very very fair and honestly very valid because it's a company that wants to grow but does not have the necessary backing of the Canadian financial institution because the growth will be global and the risk that is present on the global market was quite uh, quite aggressive. So the company basically was looking at, number one, securing the receivables. Um, for every single company that's growing today and that is signing new contracts, one of the key challenges you're going to face is, can I rely on my buyer? Um, will my buyer pay me? And that becomes a very, very interesting question. If I don't know my buyer, 
I maybe have doubts in in many situations. So there's a lot mm-hmm. of the credit vetting processes that uh, that, that uh, a lot of companies would do, but in in this situation, EDC offers what we call the insurance solution, the accounts receivable insurance. And what this insurance does is it essentially takes over the risk of non-payment. And the risk of non-payment is because of um, the buyer just decided not to pay out of his own will that he would not pay. Um, the buyer ran into financial difficulty and, and went bankrupt. Uh, it could be because there is civil unrest in that country and there's no possibilities for them to initiate any payment transfers. Uh, it could be because of political limitations or restrictions and transfer of funds. Um, so there's multiple different reasons why a buyer would decide not to pay. And in that situation, the accounts receivable insurance basically will take on 90% of the receivables that have been vetted by EDC onto our shoulders. So if ever there's a non-payment, we pay the Canadian company 90% of what the receivable was. So their risk is minimal to 10%. And this is critical because in, in a company that is growing, cash flow is very, very important. Cash is king, right? Like we always say, um, cash flow is even more important because this is the cash flow that is going to repay your own uh, debt. It's going to repay your own lines of credit and whatnot. So this is a very, very critical portion that any company growing that has any risk on the international market thinks that their buyer has a possibility of non-payment. I'd highly recommend think about this because this is a solution that has to come in and help the companies uh, limit their exposure to to, to, to non-payment. Yeah, absolutely. I love that example. I mean, that's a really great example of, you know, de-risking some of your going global strategy that everybody kind of shies away from. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And and a lot of times people people remain ignorant about it uh, just because of the fact that well I'm selling something to them how can they not pay us right so right. so that that's 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 human nature and that's that's very normal to be you know to be honest that's that's what I hear all the time and uh, I think that that's a fair uh, assessment that every single company should should work with is. Let me try and limit my risk as much as possible. And you know what? After six months, you become great friends with your buyers and you don't want to take the insurance anymore. Not a problem. But try to protect yourself as much as possible when you're beginning a relationship. Um, yeah. So this company was really looking at, at one of that as, as a solution because they were selling globally um, to companies across the world. So they really wanted to limit the risk of non-payment and the limit of hiring lawyers, running after them and doing all the, all the, all, all the paperwork. The other uh, thing that the company was also looking for was additional working capital. Um, in, in Canada, all the Canadian financial institutions provide you with a line of credit. Um, as long as you qualify, as long as you have a sufficient history uh, to justify that you do uh, require a line of credit. So every single uh, financial institution provides you with this line of credit. And th- in exchange, a lot of times, they well, they, they always do take, of course, the, all the security possible, um, regardless of what this the situation is. But in situations where the company is growing outside of Canada and the growth rate is significantly high, Canadian financial institutions tend to limit their risk and their exposure. And that's where they look at a partner like EDC to share this risk. So what what this company was looking for was looking for a growth on their line of credit from a couple of million and doubling that up. And the Canadian financial institution was not capable of providing that because they found the risk was very high because of the global growth, number one. And number two, the company was growing at a significantly high rate. So that's where we get the call and the Canadian financial institution asks us if we are capable of sharing that risk with them. So basically we partner up with the Canadian financial institution in order for them to take risk, to give them a higher line of credit to respond to the global need and and higher um, demand of their product. And in exchange, if ever something goes wrong, we share the loss with the Canadian financial institutions. It's what we we call the export guarantee program. And this program essentially helps every single company get access to additional working capital to respond to the growth in their their supply, in their um, their company, in in their revenues, and in all of the future contracts that they're looking at at fulfilling. Um, And this basically was coupled with the fact that this company also has foreign affiliates. And in one of their foreign affiliates, which is based in Europe, 
they were signing a lot of contracts to their foreign affairs over there, and they needed working capital in Europe. So they have one in Canada. They need also one more in Europe, a line of credit in Europe. And that's where EDC steps in, and we can facilitate uh, putting in a line of credit with a foreign bank for the foreign affiliate in the foreign jurisdiction, while, of course, working and being in Canada and working with a Canadian financial institution here in Canada. So these are the, the, the two things that really help the company get access to additional line of credit, get access to additional working capital. So the time that they're waiting for their buyers to pay them, they don't have to hold off other contracts to pay their suppliers. They're able to pay their suppliers using the line of credit, continue selling on the international market, give them payment terms. And as they're collecting from there, they're continuously paying their suppliers. So that working capital gap is continuously being fulfilled by the availability of line of credit in Canada and in the foreign jurisdiction. Amazing. And uh, and the other thing also that, that, is, that is critical is on the global market, you're always looking at contracts that once you sign and you have to deliver a product, um, you always want to have advanced payment in many situations. To want to secure yourself to to use that advanced payment to then buy the, 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 the products and the inputs that you need from your suppliers and to, of course, um, you know, deliver on the, on the contract. So advanced payments, performance, these are all types of guarantees, um, the letters of credits that are being offered, that are being asked for um, by the buyers in many of the situations. And these are this is where the Canadian FIs will take these, uh, these LCs, issue these LCs, take cash collateral. We come in and we step in and we, we free up this cash collateral in order to give access to additional uh, working capital. Um, so that's again, the, you know, the same way. It's our goal at, at the at the the bottom of all this is we give you additional working capital or access to additional working capital, and uh, and then there's also you know there's the the direct financing that we would always do if ever you have for an acquisition project. More than happy to take a look at that and always to see how and uh, and in what ways we can manage, we can help the Canadian company uh, look at uh, doing foreign acquisition. So this company had a target that was um, in North America that they wanted to acquire. We were able to help them with direct financing. Their contracts, every single time they sign contracts, they're always looking for advanced payments and performance guarantees. We issue their advanced payments and performance guarantees through the Canadian FIs, the Canadian financial institutions, in order to facilitate the the, uh, the accessibility and the signing of, uh, of foreign contracts. So this is really what you know. I, I call this example as what we call the all dressed example, right? There's a lot of a lot of things that we're we're doing over here for this company, but these are the solutions that we're continuously offering to every single SME. And and you know the best thing is leverage from this because this is what's going to take you um, on the international market and really grow and and participate in foreign supply chains right so as a canadian Mm -hmm. company you don't just have to be buying from suppliers you can yourself become a supplier into the larger global supply chains and that's that's what the key is for, for us to do yeah and the support i mean who knew i mean those are those are incredible examples and i'm so glad that you shared those with us today because i think it really paints a picture of how you can take your business to the next level and what is really out there as far as support. So we've already touched already on EDC's pride in what you do. You build partnerships that benefit Canadians. You contribute to Canada in a huge way. But I also really love your how you're keeping that integrity when you represent Canada on a global scale. You have a strong commitment to corporate corporate social responsibility, and you say that you ensure that all projects and transactions that EDC supports are financially, environmentally, and socially responsible, which is a huge part of the conversations that we're having in supply chain right now. So can you tell us just a little bit more about that? Sure, definitely. So EDC's vision, like I said earlier, right, it's go grow and succeed internationally. That's what we want Canadian companies to to do. And on, on the back end, we have to make sure that they're following certain principles that are that are critical, um, and and these principles basically align uh, high, completely with with the United Nations principles that, that have been set outside. And you know, we want to be leaders in sustainable and responsible business, and that that's what we really want to do. So we basically continuously monitor what's happening on the global market, and at every single point in time that the Canadian companies are um, are are being 
part of global supply chain they're procuring from foreign companies or they're selling to foreign companies, we always have to do our own assessments and find out if there's anything that can put us at risk. So there's what we call the business integrity, right? Because you want to make sure that the companies are following certain principles and guidelines. So we're looking at bribery and corruption. We're looking at sanctions. We're looking at different types of terrorism financing. Uh, we're looking at m- multiple different types of financial crimes and uh, risks out there as well. And we're always looking at some uh, some certain sectors that are more flagged than the others, just to make sure that we are not supporting any business or any transaction actions that can or that can have a negative impact on the reputation of Canadian company and on the reputation of uh, of EDC. And of course, with this, we couple in and we always look at the environmental uh, impacts. We're always looking at the social impacts and we're also looking at the the human rights. So these are all things that we're continuously monitoring. And we always do this because it's important if a Canadian company that is an SME that does not have access to sophisticated tools in order to do this monitoring monitoring, we continuously monitor this in the background. And if ever there are any flags that are raised, we have to raise it to them to ensure that they're aware about what they are going into or what type of a transaction that they're looking at. So yeah. that, that's critical. And, and you know, th- th- this is, like you said, you know, there's more and more talks about this. And this is becoming a, a, a an interesting a conversation for a lot of companies because you know, there are certain sectors we know that are more touched than the others. Um, there are certain types of companies that are more touched by the, versus the others. So this is critical and we're all, all learning as we grow, right? We're, we're all going to yeah. learn. We're all going to start applying these. And it's important to start off with you know a robust approach. Um, and, and it's important to work with that to inspire everyone around us and to ensure that we are living in a fair world. We are living in a world that um, that, that promotes peace, that promotes justice, that promotes uh, you know strong institutions, gender equality, um, and th- that is continuously looking at um, you know the environmental impact of every, everything that we do, and you know continuously also invest and and look at clean energy. So all of this together, it all part of the transaction that we're looking at. Whenever we're supporting a Canadian company in the background, we're doing all of these assessments to ensure that we are doing what we're supposed to do and to make this a better place for everyone. Well, to leave the SME rest assured that they don't need a big department to be able to do that. They just need to partner with the right people um, to make sure that they are keeping on top of all of that. Because as an entrepreneur, as a supply chain professional in Canadian business, I mean, there's a lot of things that you've got to keep your fingers in and it's hard to keep on top of all of the time. And so it's just nice to know that there is some support out there. So a podcast in 2020 wouldn't be a podcast in 2020 if we didn't talk about COVID. So let's briefly (laughs) talk about that because you spoke about at the top of this interview about you know, what you guys have done since the beginning of March, since the beginning of COVID, how the Canadian government has supported you in expanding your services to Canadian businesses. And we've talked a lot about how Canadian companies can go global. But what does this support mean for Canadian businesses that aren't necessarily going global, but can um, really leverage the support of EDC? Yeah, so uh, for sure, um, you know, COVID was uh, was a surprise to a lot of people, right? Um, and and th- this was a situation where uh, we had to pivot. Uh, we had to look at what was required by the market and and really try and see and and assess the situation and try to bring out solutions that would help Canadian companies. Uh, continue uh, nonetheless with uh, with their with their business, um, and it was not an easy situation. Uh, companies were stuck with uh, with their supplies uh, stranded in different parts of the world. Uh, companies were stuck without payments for many many weeks and months. Uh, there are some companies that just could not support their working capital anymore. So there's a lot of challenges that that companies were facing, and uh, and hence the reason why you know our our pivot basically comes from. Um, the government of Canada that started saying and giving us the, the access to domestic powers uh, to start with. Um, and then basically beyond that, there's always the, the BCAP program that was launched as well uh, by EDC in partnership with the Canadian financial institutions. Uh, there was also, you know, the uh, the SIBA program that is being managed by EDC, but not part of EDC necessarily. And the impact uh, of all these solutions is really to try and bring the most access to liquidity 
liquidity to the market so that Canadian businesses are capable of continuing to operate despite the global challenges and to at least meet the minimum of what they have to as they wait for the pandemic to go through and for, for the global economy to come back to normal. And as we can see, this is not a one week or two week thing. This is something that's going to last for many, many months and, you know, over, over a year or so. So, so the reality was EDC had to pivot and we had to become, you know, one of the, uh, uh, the institutions where we're willing to listen. We're open to listening to what your challenges are and we're open to finding what the solutions are that we can apply. Um, ourselves are in partnership with the Canadian financial institutions so that we can give access to additional working capital to the Canadian companies. Um, and needless to say, you know, our, our role, um, you know, you know my, I, I can maybe share a little bit of my, my own experience is when, when panic came into the market and this was mid-March exactly, um, every single entrepreneur picked up the phone and talked and said, I need help. Right. That, that was what was coming out of everyone's uh, conversation is I need help. What do you have? Um, and it's important in, in that situation to be there as a financial partner and to be there to help them, um, to, to be there to help them understand that you're not the only one. There's an entire economy. There's 30 million people that are in the same boat as, as you are. Um, so we're all doing this together. We're all coming out with solutions that's going to help you and your colleagues and other companies to really face the situation. And that's that's been something that EDC, um, that I'm, I'm proud of EDC, the way, the way we have always been doing this, is for 75 years, when there's an ask from us, we step up. And we look for solutions and we find the solutions that are going to help the Canadian economy, that are going to help the Canadian companies, and that are going to help in improving the environment so that everyone can work towards a goal, which is we all want to grow and we all want to live um, in an, an equitable society. Well, yeah, and I think, you know, you nailed it on the head because COVID has really brought to the forefront collaboration. And it sounds like, you know, EDC has been at the front of that charge, which for Canadian businesses, Canadian supply chains, um, you know, I want to thank you on their behalf because I think that, you know, somebody stepping in and really helping in a time of uncertainty is really important. Um and so I think it's it's been amazing to see what you guys have have done. So with all of that in mind, then, what does the future hold for EDC and for Canadian businesses? Well, that's a, that's a very interesting question. I wish uh, I could uh, predict what's going to happen uh, in the next hour. <laughs> I can maybe share that with you to start with. But um, the future, uh, you know, Canadian companies have have shown and have proven on the global scale that we are innovative, that we have the capabilities of responding to the global demand, um, that we have capabilities of, of pivoting very, very quickly. And we have capabilities of, you know, coming out with solutions that are going to be very, very competitive in the in the global market, while keeping in mind the uh, the global landscape. So, for me, Canadian businesses, the the way I see this is, it's nothing, um, you know, nothing very small. But I see this as something very, very interesting as far as growth is concerned. Um, and Canadian companies, of course, are. They're navigating in very turbulent water uh, waters nowadays, and they have proven that they're capable of continuously growing. Um, the phone has not stopped. Um, people have not shut their businesses or put everything aside to say that this is it. I'm going to wait for a year and a half or two years. In fact, the global pandemic was an opportunity for Canadian businesses to pivot to show what they're capable of doing, and they've done that. And we've gained a lot of reputation in the, in, in the global economy for that. So on the on the Canadian business side, I, I feel growth is there. Like we're, we're definitely going to show and prove it to the world conditionally as we have done in the past that we're capable of continuing to operate. Um, what holds, uh, you know, in, in the future for EDC, we're here to support Canadian companies. Our goal is really to help companies grow internationally. That That's what our mandate is. We are the international risk experts. We would like to hear continuously from Canadian businesses. If there's things that we can do, 
we're more than happy to hear. We're more than happy to, and we're always open to feedback. We're always open to understanding what are the key challenges that the Canadian companies are facing so we can come with the solutions that's going to help the Canadian companies grow. And this is something that is continuous at EDC. We're continuously trying to innovate. We're continuously trying to re-strategize. We're continuously trying to look at what are the, 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 the changing parameters. And as you probably saw, you know, as the pandemic hit and companies started asking questions, EDC started offering a lot more webinars. Uh, we started offering webinars that are specifically targeted to companies that are impacted by uh, COVID-19 and what can potentially happen. We started looking at webinars and technology because, as we all know, companies will now go in more and more electronic and they're going to leverage technology a lot more uh, today than they did in the past. So so these are these are critical things. So we're, we're willing to pivot. We're willing to change. We're willing to adapt to the new realities. And, and the, the door is always open. Uh, call us whenever you need us. Call us if you have questions. Call us to compliment us as well, or call us even to give us feedback as to what you think EDC should be doing. And we're, you know, we're, we're always willing to work with the companies to help you grow and go international, and of course conquer the global market. Yeah, and I think we'd be remiss not to also mention all of the training that you have available as well. You know, if entrepreneurs are looking at their supply chain teams or logistics teams to gain more knowledge on going global as well, you've got a lot of great training available um, to them as well, which I think is important to note. So we talk to all sorts of businesses on the show, and it's really nice to get a glimpse behind the scenes, to take a closer look at an organization that is supporting these businesses and helping to facilitate deals and really give them the spotlight for a change. And I am feeling quite patriotic right now. So a big thanks to the team over at EDC and especially Zishan for joining me today on the show. It was a pleasure, Sarah. It was really nice uh, chatting with you, and thanks for having me. This episode was produced in collaboration with Border Buddy, the most innovative online customs platform out there. And here is what Graham, the founder of Border Buddy, has to say. More and more companies are looking to expand their reach into global markets, but most don't know where to start or don't have the time to figure it out. Border Buddy sees the struggle and has found a way for you to integrate customs into your e-commerce site, allowing you peace of mind when selling to customers in other countries. Your customers will know exactly how much the costs are to import their order from you to their door in real time. And just imagine what that will do for your business and your sales. Visit us and sign up for 10% off your first clearance at borderbuddy.com slash let's talk supply chain. Next week, I am talking to John, the blockchain guru, all about blockchain and what you need to know for your businesses and supply chains moving forward. You're not going to want to miss that. If you are enjoying our podcast, there's a few ways to support the show. Why don't you follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and now TikTok. Subscribe to our newsletter at letstalksupplychain.com and subscribe to our YouTube channel, the SC Supply Chain TV. Next, visit ships, that's shipz.com and sign up. If you are a mid-market importer and exporter struggling with your air freight and your ocean freight shipments, ships is the platform for you. So go and check that out. You can also find some really cool merch and purchase our exclusive supply chain dictionary in our shop at letstalksupplychain.com forward slash shop. And don't forget to rate and review the show over on Apple Podcasts and we will feature you on an upcoming episode. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember, ship happens.